The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call Seabus Seatown, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice cold Pepsi right here in Seabus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi and say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. I'm Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. We're bringing you the most complete and hilarious Yanks chat you'll find anywhere. This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast, courtesy of Fansight. Welcome to a Loser Friday episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. The Yanks are iced cold after a 10-game winning streak with only three games left in the regular season to determine where they're going for the playoffs. And so we're going to talk the ups, downs, highs, and lows, what it's like to follow the streaky team, why it's especially rough to be streaky right now heading into October, and the exact weaknesses we've seen over the past couple days that could come to light in the postseason quite quickly Uh, We're also going to talk possible opponents and basically all we're about to see next week and what could be a joyous uh, couple of games and what could be an absolute mess. Uh, We're also obviously going to have to touch on uh, Kyle Higashioka and Gary Sanchez, which got a little more serious this week. Uh, So we will talk about that. Uh, Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Pods, wherever you find your podcast and drop us a five-star review and a comment. We want to hear from you. We won't uh be satisfied until we do um you can find us obviously in every article we write as well but we'd love if you visited us there and subscribed uh thomas i'm back in nihilist mode i uh i i'm happy to be in the playoffs i'm back to having low evaluations of this team which is crazy because they just won 10 games in a row uh where i assume you're in the same boat i mean where are you right now (sighs) we can't have it all I'm, i'm being a realist at this point I'm not going to be disappointed by it. And we know that this is kind of how this team rolls. This team rolls by either just destroying everybody with a barrage of runs every friggin' every other inning. And then they'll come up and do what they do these last five games. They've scored 21 runs in the last five games, which, you know, if you average that out, seems okay. You know, you're, you're getting a little bit over four runs a game. That's decent production, right? Not really, because one of those games, they scored 12 runs. So when you have that, um, 
kind of misleading average. It's it, it doesn't look that good when two they scored two runs over the last two games against Robbie Ray and Hinjin Ryu. Uh, Robbie Ray statistically one of the uh, um, he he walks I think statistically walks the most batters in the league has the worst walk percentage of any starter. Um, and Yankees who have his you know I guess historically um, given Hinjin Ryu trouble in the past um, weren't able to do so last night uh, and the defense is what's concerning me the most. Um, I don't care if the, the hitting kind of goes in, um, in these ebbs and flows, because that's kind of the nature of it. Um, and especially when we have, you know, you, you assume we're going to have playoff Tanaka and we have Garrett Cole, we have those two guys who can weather the storm in the event, the offense is cold for the first five, six innings of the game. We all watch the Yankees. We all know what the Yankees are about. This lineup is very hard to fully keep down for an entire nine innings. I know that we've seen it happen this year, um, and it's definitely um, uh, kind of uh, – one could say it's possible, but when you're in the playoffs and the stakes are even higher, um, and you know, assuming they advance past the wild card round, these bullpens are going to be more taxed. These starters are going to be uh, ta- uh, tasked with – pitching deeper into games, they're going to get more tired. The Yankees are going to be the, probably the toughest lineup, you know, maybe aside from the Dodgers to uh, keep at bay for full nine innings. Um, so we have that to kind of feel optimistic about um, because of how deep the lineup is and how successful these guys have been for a majority of the year. But the defense, big damn problem. It's a big problem. When you look at the stats, we this was our post-game story um, after Wednesday night's game. It, one of the sloppiest games we've probably seen all year. You think that might've been the sloppiest actually? I think it was the sloppiest. Somebody tried to argue with me that it was the most frustrating on Twitter. And I had to be like, dude, we just went five and 15. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really like, and we're up four games with five games left. Like there are other opportunities to do the work here, but sloppiest. Yeah. I mean, most hideous to watch Mm -hmm. maybe. Like that and, and the other one earlier. I thought it was. I mean, we get, you know, you get frustrated with the, you know, a couple of those losses to the Orioles, but nothing looked like Tanaka. It should have been a 2-1 game in the fifth inning. And instead, Tanaka's laboring through these at-bats and his pitch count's getting up there. And these, they're still, they made four errors that game. Now, after last night. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. This game, they're 29th in the league in fielding percentage with uh, 97.7%. Uh, um, which I guess you would think is good based on the number, but they're 29th. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty bad. Pretty Most bad. teams are above 990. Like, you yeah. don't make a lot of errors. Of course. Um, 25th in assists. I don't know what that means. Um, that makes me think that the errors in the infield, which what Gleyber Torres has nine now. I believe it's eight, but, eight? like, it's so many for a yeah. season. Like, it's so many. So I'm guessing the low, the the lack of assists – I mean, sure, there could be the factor that there's more fly balls than they're, they're, they're getting more fly balls um, than grounders. Um, but when you're that far down in assists, um, 
that could speak to infield woes and infield defensive woes. We know that obviously there's um, there's no issue with Gio Rochelle at the hot corner, but Glaber shortstop's been a problem. When we move DJ to third, um, you know we're asking too much of that guy. We we we're switching his position around. We're asking him to carry the offense at times. I'm not going to blame him for a couple errant throws at third, which we've seen this year. Um, but in the event there has to be a defensive switch in the playoffs, not really feeling great about that. Um, and they're second in errors in the entire league with 43 and second, meaning they have the second most errors in the league. The only team that is ahead of them is the Pittsburgh pirates. So New York Yankees, Pittsburgh pirates, bad luck, very not good. As we know, as we've seen one bad defensive play in any postseason game can turn an entire series around. So this is something that people should be a lot more concerned about. Forget about the hitting, forget about going in droughts, you know, forget about, you know, not getting a good start, you know, from, from, uh, from the first four uh, guys in the rotation. If they are not getting the proper defense behind them, this is going to be the end of the New York Yankees in the playoffs. It's an extremely Jekyll and Hyde team. And, and that's a problem in any season. Like uh, obviously that, that would be an issue in 162 game season entering the postseason too. Um, and I don't even want to talk about what next year could look like. Uh, where they might play a full 162 game schedule and then still do these three game wild card playoff rounds, which would be a complete disaster. And if they do do that, I hope they reevaluate and use the format that was discussed earlier, where the favored team only has to win one game to defend their home turf and the visiting worst team has to win two. I thought that was at least a somewhat exciting way to resolve that. But if you don't do that, then it's just, you know, literally an error by Gleyber Torres could end the season in game one of this little best of three series. So like it's not, it's not just defense that matters in that instance, it's everything, but Mm -hmm. we have seen, you know, uh, this team turns the the switch on and off uh, with remarkable regularity in this 60 game slate. Um, That's why it's crazy that the 20 game five and 15 streak lasted as long as it did because of how inconsistent this team is. It's just kind of shocking. They weren't able to like, put a four game win streak in the middle of there and then a five game lose streak and then another four game win streak and kind of come out around 500. Like that's why it was so strange. There was such sustained non-excellence and then this sort of 500 E, you know, type deal down the stretch and they were 16 and six and then five and 15. And then basically they have elevated the five and 15 stretch with the 10 game winning streak. And now there's just a couple of games under 500 after being 16 and six. Um, but they sort of do play like a team that is a couple games under 500. Sorry. I mean, there are, there are games when the lineup is ruthlessly efficient uh, at home and on the road. They just beat Boston eight, nothing behind Jay Happ at Fenway. They just beat Toronto 12 on the other night. You know, they can do it on the road. They can do it on the road with a hostile crowd. They did it to the Astros in game one of the ALCS last year. Um, I, I don't think home road is the be all end all of this Yankees team in the postseason. I just think it's a matter of do you get them feeling good in the right rhythm at the right timing is the right pitcher. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu was due for a good one. Uh, so I will give him that. I mean, he's the Blue Jays ace. And to think that they were going to maintain a nine ERA off him forever is, is sort of hard to fathom. Jordan Montgomery did his job yesterday. Uh, I would think you'd be hard pressed to argue that two runs and over five innings with eight Ks against the Jays who've sort of battered you at Salem field all year was, was a rough start. I mean, good. You'll, you'll take that that that's good but yeah like you said those combined runs in the four game series three of them came in the ninth uh in an 11-2 game against Wilmer Font just pointless runs I mean it was 
fun to watch runs get scored, but those don't Mike Talkman hitting a double with two outs in the ninth. Uh, not real. They, they had one good game in four games in Buffalo. I mean, that's the fact of the matter. Um, I, I don't want to go back there. I'd say the Get only road. Up. What? Get me out of Buffalo. Yeah, the, the only road stadium I fear in, in thick quotation marks right now is Buffalo. <laughs> just because that experience is, is painful. It's been seven games and we'll never go there again. Hopefully, unless the, there's a chance Canada doesn't lift the restrictions next year. And, yeah. and it happens again. Um, but yeah, th- this stadium is a minor league stadium for a reason. Um, all both teams are playing under the same conditions, but the jet stream in, in left center and right center is crazy. Easy to homer there. Um, the lights are terrible. People can't see. Uh, and the vibes are bad. The, the stadium feels small, feels like the Blue Jays own the territory and good for them. But uh, in terms of playing at home versus on the road for the postseason, I do feel like I have to be a voice of rationality here and say that you can think that the Yankees can't play on the road. I think it's more like they just can't string together a consistent string of games. Some of the bad games come on the road and some of the bad games come at home. Uh, I mean, they, they've had series this year um, at home. They've been pretty pitch perfect this year, but they got swept by the Rays at home. They lost two of three to the Rays at home. Yankee Stadium isn't the antidote. It's just where most of your positive memories from recent years are, and you're sort of uh, transposing it onto this year. But to act like it can't go wrong at Yankee Stadium is inaccurate. Um, and, and they're probably going to have to go on the road in this wild card round. They might be going to Minnesota. They might be going to Chicago. If they get swept this weekend against the Miami Marlins, uh, who are playing for playoff position and have a lot to play for, there's a chance they could fall down to eight and they would have to go to Tampa Bay. Uh, that would be brutal, but it is possible. So you're going to have to keep your eye out. Um, but it, let's say, let's say home field advantage is the most important thing in the world, right? Uh, so the only series they could have gotten home field advantage for was this little three gamer. Um, if you think yeah. it's that important, this, you know, if you think home field advantage is that important to the Yankee success, then you shouldn't, you know, you should probably not be watching playoff baseball in 2020. Because for the safety of all people involved, they're going to a bubble. As soon as the first round is over, the most home field advantage you can get is these three little games. And after that, they're going to San Diego and Arlington, Texas, and Los Angeles, California, an unfamiliar territory that isn't tailored to the swings of the sluggers in the lineup. So if you think the Yankees cannot win on the road, they can't win, it's pointless. Why even watch? They're going on the road. I need home field. Then this is not the postseason for you because – the home teams are going to be home for two to three days. So if you think, you know, if they don't make it past this wild card round, I think there's a lot more at play than, well, they were on the road with no fans uh, in an environment where the temperature is largely consistent with what the temperature would be in New York or in a controlled temperate environment in Tampa. Um, and there's also a lot more at play than just uh, Gary Sanchez didn't catch game one. So that's why the Yankees lost the wild card series. I would say, uh, the team's Jekyll and Hyde nature is what's going to be responsible for their downfall if they lose early. And that's on pretty much the entire roster based on what we've seen so far. Couldn't agree more. The only argument I have for home field advantage being uh, huge for the Yankees is just familiarity with, you know, your workout space, with your locker room, with going to and from the stadium. Um, I think we know that that kind of makes players a little bit more comfortable and, you know, in the zone and at ease. But once again, like you said, if that's the end-all be-all for the New York Yankees, who clearly have the best roster in Major League Baseball, and they have to travel to 
hypothetically Minnesota to play a game in at target field with no fans, then yeah, yeah. You're, you're watching the wrong sport this year. You might have to just wait until, you know, everything comes back to normal and stuff, you know, matters a little bit more and the stakes are a little bit higher with, with fans in the stands um, and with that kind of impact, because that's not going to have anything to do with, with uh, the Yankees lack of success. What will, however, so we have, we have the defensive issues. Now we have a little bit of offensive issues and you can look at this stat however you want. The Yankees are 20th in the league with runners left on base. They average almost uh, leaving almost seven runners on base per game. Um, so how do we want to look at that? We look at that from the lens of, are they getting timely hits? They kind of do get timely hits. We'll get to that in, in a second with their runner and scoring position stats. Um, however, the Yankees also put a ton of runners on base. So to ask them to bring people home every time that, you know, Aaron Hicks walks or, you know, they get, I mean, this series was egregious. We had runners first and second and bases loaded with no outs and they couldn't do anything. So against that's AJ Cole, against correct. Literally AJ Cole. That's a situation that you don't want that we would. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were looking at your phone while driving, let me say it again. Seriously, put down your phone. That is so unsafe. If you didn't do stuff like use your phone while driving, you could save money with Progressive Snapshot. But saving or not, just put it down. <clears throat> and if you did hear it the first time because you weren't looking at your phone, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. Actively ridicule, and, and especially it was the heart of the order. It was Voight, Stanton, and... Glaber. Glaber. Pop yeah. up to right. So you can't, you can't do that. Um, it is a cause for concern leaving, leaving that many uh, people on base. However... Um, I believe, uh, let me actually pull this up because I just X'd out. Um, and I'm 90% sure the Yankees have one of the highest, uh, um, on base percentages in the major leagues. So if that's the case, then we can't really fault them entirely because like we said, if you're banking on them to cash in on every opportunity, when people are on base, then you're crazy. Yeah, fourth in the league with a 341 OBP. The only teams that are better than them are the Phillies somehow, Mets somehow, and Braves lead the league with a 350. So the disparity of nine points there really isn't that much. Um, and we know that, you know, the Yankees are constantly battling in every single at bat. So nonetheless, cause for concern. You can look at that however you want. I think leaving, you know, it'll be a more glaring stat when we get into the postseason and see how many players they're, they're leaving on base because that, that will be the issue. However, with runners in scoring position, we have less of a reason to worry here. We can go down the entire lineup of people who have gotten a lot of playing time this year and run through these stats really quickly. I, I took note. I'm a big fan of notes because I'm too dumb to remember stuff. We love, um, we're so, big note people. Yeah, we're big, big stat people. That's kind of what we love. <laughs> love writing down notes to, uh, because my thoughts, they just, they, they come and they go. And then, you know, I, there's a reason I didn't go to law school um, because I can't remember stuff. And that's just the way it is. There's too much going on. You know, you're, you're constantly on Twitter all day. You're reading blurbs, you're reading headlines. Like 
the way we digest information is just unhealthy. The amount of Twitter I drink in these days is legitimately noxious and people like, yeah, I got to trade, I got to trade Twitter for anything else. I got to go juggle apples or something. (laughs) Quick, quick uh, science uh, bit of the pod. I guess we could maybe start doing that. Uh, Wow. It's not a science segment. Yeah. You know, your brain needs like 15 minutes to digest. So, you know, say you read like Read, read Yankees articles, people. Don't just read blurbs and stats and some idiot talking about, you know, Gary Sanchez's resurgence on Twitter. Read a full article. Sit there for 10 minutes. Your brain needs 15 minutes to digest the information. Store it so you can remember it for later. You just crapping out 140 characters and yelling into a void is not going to improve your knowledge. So listen to Thomas, read a tweet, sit there for 15 minutes and then read (laughs) another tweet, read your feed way slower. Read, (laughs) read, please read articles that are in 250 words or more that actually have in excess that have, that have substance to them. Do do me that favor or listen to this. This is 30 minutes. You could sit there for 10 minutes afterwards, realize what you just read instead of just constantly digesting information from all these different angles, whether it's positive, whether it's negative, whether it's statistical, whatever. Anyway, DJ LeMahieu, runners in scoring position, batting 333 and 30 at bats. Luke Voigt, batting 327 and 49 at bats. Aaron Judge, batting 250 and 20 at bats, also with a 1.048 OPS. So uh, he's also been injured. So he's had uh, limited time. Same thing with John Carlos Stanton, 357 with runners in scoring position and 14 at bats, also has a 1.009 OPS. Very it's been great with the bases loaded. Also. Yeah. Um, Aaron Hicks, 259 uh, with, in 27 at-bats. However, 957 OPS and 14 walks. So there's some value there. Glaber Torres, 250 and 40 at-bats. I'm sure we'd like to see an improvement there, but he's had it up and down here. Gio Urshela, nailing it as usual, 350 and 40 at-bats. Gary Sanchez, big fart noise, 125 and 48 okay. at bats. I don't. That doesn't change anything based on his season stats. He's batting 142. So to, so to see a 17 point decrease with the runners in scoring <laughs> position actually is good because if you're you're supposed to be batting way less more successfully with runners in scoring position hypothetically because it's a higher uh, stake scenario. Gary's only batting 17 points lower. So you know the resurgence bandwagon can take that with it and run with it. Uh, that's their little blurb for the day. Uh, maybe hopefully they'll digest that and save it and remember it for 15 minutes after this. Um, Clint Frazier, 310 uh, with a 1.074 OPS and 29 at bats. Brett Gardner, 258 and 31 at bats. Uh, Kyle Higashioka, 310 at bats, small sample size. Surprising. And lastly, Mike Talkman, 304 and 23 at bats. Uh, these are the guys who are going to be getting the most playing time. I'd say, you know, probably Gardy, uh, Gary, and uh, Talkman getting the least. Uh, I guess Gary and Higgy, we could split because, you know, we're talking about them, uh, which we'll get into a minute, um, kind of sharing the, the time behind the plate. But there's reason to be hopeful. I know this team is boom and bust at the plate. If everything comes down to clutch hits with runners in scoring position, regardless of what we've seen this year, they've kind of gotten the job done. Now we can dive in, I guess, a little bit deeper and look at, you know, runners in scoring position with two outs. But there's no need to runners in scoring position in general in the playoffs are where you need to cash in regardless if there's zero outs or two outs. So there's reason to be a little bit optimistic here. I think those are impressive and reassuring numbers. And I would say that that Voight and uh, Frazier and, uh, and Stanton, honestly, those, those match the eye test. I, and Urshela, you can't, you know, can't forget him. I would say that those are the guys 
uh, with with runners in scoring position who I, I see at the plate and I'm sort of reassured that they are going to get the job done, even in boom or bust situations. It's really strange when Urshela doesn't get the job done. And obviously add LeMayhew into that. He, he's sort of grandfathered into that. Like, I don't even have to say it. Obviously, you know, second and third one at LeMayhew's up, you're feeling great. Um, the, the fact that they are, you know, at a certain point, you just ascribe it to the series. Like, you get in a series where there are no good vibes whatsoever. This Blue Jay series was that. They're lucky they took one 12 one because the, the vibes were just terrible all series long. They load the bases with no outs against AJ Cole, the chance to get back in that game. And I don't think anyone among us was like, here we go. I think most of us were like, okay, what's, <laughs> what's next? What, what do we got? How, how are we going to do this? Ump calls strike two in on Giancarlo Stanton, like a, a half a foot off the plate. Next pitch is another half foot inside. So he has to swing to protect the plates strikes out. And there we go. Um, but by and large, I would say that those numbers do line up with what I see, but they're also a little bit higher than what I would have anticipated. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot to like there. And, and there's a not, you know, there's not a lot of elite pitching on the way in the American League postseason. Uh, no matter who they play, everybody's got an ace. Um, you know, the Rays have Snell and Glass now. Glass now, we have hit fairly consistently this year, strangely enough, considering we can't beat the Rays. And Snell, we have hit fairly consistently in the past uh, prior to this year. Um, the White Sox have Lucas Giolito and then a bunch of people you don't feel that confident in. The Indians probably have the strongest overall pitching staff, uh, and you hope you can avoid them in, in that little three-game wildcard round because that's going to be a nightmare. I hope the Indians get the Astros. Nice little welcome to the playoffs gift for Houston. That could be fun. Um, but most of these teams are going to be hitting you with marginal to good pitchers who the hitters have largely caught up to by now. So hopefully these runners in current position stats end up mattering. Um, I think it's going to be, like I said, a big combination of things if the Yankees fail in this little short postseason round. And with that in mind, let's talk a little bit about uh, Gary Sanchez, Kyle Higashioka, and this sort of strange taking it day by day comments that Aaron Boone dropped on Thursday. Um, he implied at the very least that Higashioka is likely to start game one with Garrett Cole on the mound. Boone implied that that might go further, um, that they will evaluate on a day by day basis who belongs behind the plate. Um, I think uh, I'm going to get flack for this, but I don't think there's anything wrong with playing the hot hand in a playoff series. I think too often in the past, the Yankees have been beholden uh, to their starting lineup uh, from the whole year uh, without really evaluating slight changes they could make to potentially improve things in the moment. Uh, 2017, I remember being extremely frustrated that Matt Holiday wasn't getting a chance when they just sort of couldn't hit in the ALDS. Um, and it just sort of felt we, he's right there. He, you know, he struggled recently, but you know, we're, we're not going to at least try something. The fact that the lineup's not working, we're going to make no changes to the lineup. So I, I would say if, if the Yankees go out and win game one, 10, two behind Garrett Cole and Higashioka hits a Homer, I have no issue with pushing that button again for game two. Um, I, I know a lot of people are going to say, you got to put Gary Sanchez out there because he's your best guy. And he's got the longer major league track record. But like we've said, two and a half years of hitting 200, the track record's starting to look a little weaker. Uh, and I'm not advocating for Higashioka as a full-time starter, but I am advocating for being being smart and assessing things in the moment and being, you know, flexible with your decision-making. And, uh, you know, I don't want to banish Gary Sanchez to the bench forever. He, he's been, but the fact remains, he struggled this year. He struggled for the past couple of years, and he has also been the unluckiest hitter in baseball this year. Um, so you can tell me that's bound to change as much as you want to. Uh, and, you know, based on statistical probabilities, it, it sure is. 
But with so little wiggle room in a playoff series, I, I want my manager to be making snap judgments on a, on a day-to-day basis here. And Gary Sanchez needs to know. Yesterday, he hit a near grand slam to the wall that would have given the Yankees a lead in the eighth inning or hit off the top of the wall and, and been a three-run game-tying double. That ball had an expected batting average of 880, and it was caught. It's another in a long line of Gary Sanchez hard-hit balls that's been caught. Um, and, and when we have that much sample there's got to be something i'm sorry i just if if the unluckiest player in baseball is on my team i'm going to be taking a starting catching job on a day-to-day basis that, that's just what i'm going to be doing and i appreciate boone being open and honest about it once again this is this is being realistic we've seen gary sanchez since 2018 he struggled to consistently hit the home runs are there that's great but home runs are not what is this team is already defined by home runs. We don't need another guy batting, you know, 150 and hitting home runs in here. We need a guy hitting for average or testing the defense or working the counts. Gary Sanchez doesn't do any of that. We saw him. He came in uh, uh, the other night with um, runners on early on against Robbie Ray and was just down in four pitches and swung at two balls. One was 10 feet in the dirt in front of him. So not only is it, is, is he unlucky? Absolutely. We've seen it happen. Um, but that's not an excuse to say, oh, you know what? He's going to break out of it. They're, this is a 60-game season. People are not bre- breaking out of slumps as they normally would in a 162-game season. And also, Gary has had two 162-game 160 game seasons to break out of this, and he hasn't really done that. Uh, batted 180, what was it, 186 two years ago in over 100 games. That's that you can't do that, that even, you know, even if you get saved by the extra 55, 60 games or whatever it is, you're really going to, you're going to raise your batting average, you know, uh, 40 points to make it look somewhat, somewhat respectable. I don't think so because he's not that kind of hitter. He doesn't hit for average and his plate discipline since he's been in the league has marginally changed. And this year it's arguably gotten worse. Um, And on top of that, his defense is still shaky. In that game two nights ago, he's trying to pick off runners. Look, I like the aggression of trying to pick off a runner at first. You don't do it with two outs at runners on the corners. You do, you just don't because you have Masahiro Tanaka on the mound, who's more than capable of taking on the batter in front of him. And he throws it to first. It's an errant throw. It goes into right field and a run scores. And then you get the guy on first to go to second or third or whatever it was. So then you put Tanaka in another precarious situation after the run scores, another guy in a scoring position. So that's not heads up defense. We've seen the pass balls. We've seen the drop pop-ups call, call it what you will. It's, it's, it's bad optics on every level, even if he's getting unlucky on uh, at the plate, because he can hit 10 home runs this year in, uh, in, you know, the 48 games he's played, which is, which is solid. Some of them have been timely, which is great, you know, against the Red Sox. That was, that was awesome. We haven't seen anything like that from him in quite a while. And he had that grand slam against the Mets, which was much, you know, which was much more low stakes. The guy pitching there, we still don't know his name. He might not even exist anymore. And it was I a tie- say Drew Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a tie game in extras with the Yankees as the home team. So, and with the new extra innings rule, like, you know, if you, if you get, if you screw up in that jam, there's still, there, hope is not lost for the next inning. So it was much less pressure. They were the road team in that game. At oh my God. <laughs> for whatever reason. Because oh, that game man. ended that game ended with Wilson Ramos with the bases loaded down four with a chance to tie it with a 
bottom of the whatever inning Jesus. grand slam. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that game bad. was terrible. Sorry, yeah. Gary, that was a timely hit. I'll give I'll give it to you. It was. It okay, was a so two big timely hits from Gary, but not enough to prove that he could take on the lion's share of the at bats and you know carry the load in the postseason. And I'm not, like you said, not talking about banishing him to the bench. I'm talking about playing the hot hand. Higashioka, not, you know, tearing the cover off the ball, but batting 255 in 15 games. He had that three homer game, which was great. He also had a couple of hits this week, which is, you know, what you, what you want to see. You want to see some sort of hits, some sort of production. Um, And Gary pretty much embodies this Yankees lineup in terms of ebbs and flows. Like you think he's coming out of it. Nope. He's right back to being dead. Or, you know, and he, he doesn't fully ever come out of it. The Yankees lineup at least does. They rip off a 10 game win streak, but Gary is never synonymous with any of these, with any of these hot streaks or these, you know, spells of good play. So I think it's the right call. And like we said, you're going to need defense to tighten up in the postseason. We can't have a pass ball scoring a run from third. We can't have a pass ball advancing a runner from first to second with two outs. It, things that cannot simply cannot happen. Minimizing the mistakes, minimizing the gaffes is going to be key in advancing in the postseason. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush that for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage subject to policy terms. There's really no easy out with all of the team, even in this expanded field. There's not. You know, if we're facing the Twins in the first round, that's a very good lineup. And you, we, we, we have to give the starting rotation the best chance that they possibly have to get through these games because this is it. Cole and Tanaka, we, that those are games we theoretically should and have to win, but the defense could sway it in the other direction. And, you know, you eliminate Gary's poor defense in game one with your best pitcher on the mound. And that's the right decision. And it could be the right decision for game two. I don't know. Yeah, we just have to see. You need to be flexible. That is the key to the postseason. And obviously there is undue scrutiny on Gary Sanchez. And the second Kyle Higashioka makes a defensive error, the Gary Sanchez people are going to be chirping louder than we are. And we understand that. But it's, it's all about trying to push the right buttons. And Gary Sanchez has given us a lot of evidence this year that more often than not, he is the wrong button. So we are sorry. We are hoping for good things from Gary. We have not gotten enough of them. And Aaron Boone's job is tough. Um, it, it's If he benches him for game two, that will be a bold decision that will be much scrutinized. Uh, and we will have to see how it works out. But if Higashioka struggles in game one, then he's not playing in game two. Um, you know, that that's not what's going to happen. He's talking about riding the hot hand and putting a hat on a hat and saying, you know, we love what we saw in game one. Let's see if we can get it again in game two. He's not going to say Cole is great. Higgy went over five with four K's. Sorry, Masahiro Tanaka. I know you want to cat. You want Gary Sanchez to catch you, but you're going to have to pitch the Kyle Gashioka. Uh, that's not what's going to happen. So it's being rational and reasonable. We hope um, it is weird, but ideally it's the right call. And, and we'll just have to see. Um, that is it for this Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Um, strangely got a big weekend ahead of us. I was the one saying for a long time, all we had to do was go 12 and six in this stretch of 18 games. Uh, then we went 10 and 0, and then we've gone one and four. 
Um, so unfortunately, losing two out of three this weekend will get us to 12 and six. That's no longer good enough. So let's let's readjust that. Let's say 13 and five or 14 and four. How about we do that? Let's do that. Uh, exhale, breathe. 13 and five would be more than fine. Uh, let's get after it. Uh, remember to find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a review, five-star message. We would love to hear from you. And make sure to find us on Twitter. I'm Adam Weinrib, and you can find me there at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Marlin series starts tonight. We'll be running the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Enjoy your pizza Friday, everybody. This better be a good pizza Friday. We'll see you, everybody. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.